When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Parker Gray, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Tell me, how did you get into music to begin with? Because we've had a lot of acts on. I'm sure if you go through the list, you'll be like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. Is he... he interviewing my friends to get to me. Is that what this is? But how did you get into music? Man, honestly, I love and hate that question because it's like... It's pretty bland. I, I, no, 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 no. Hold on, let me... No, 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 (laughs) No, not because of that. It's because my answer is garbage. Like, I don't have this like, well, you know, I met... Johnny Cash when I was 11 and like you never met Johnny Cash when you were 11 oh my no. god what a loser what a I loser know, I know <laughs> people hate me but no I don't have this like really cool interesting story about how I got into music like I've always been like very obsessed and like the more I talk about it it's just like I think as a kid I always loved listening to the radio and I always had music on and I always fixated, like if it was the Olympics, I fixated on the music before the performance of whatever they were doing. And like, I've just always innately been obsessed with listening to words and like hearing songs and wanting to learn more about them and almost always cared less about the artist than I did about the song. Like it was just kind of how it was. Yeah. Then I started growing up like idolizing gals like Shania Twain and like everything started to kind of change, but I always was performing. Like I was always in sports. I was always in plays. I was always in singing competitions and I was always doing like choreographing dances and like performances in my basement. Like I was always just doing that. So it just felt natural to want to do something more, but I never knew how I was going to do it. Like I had no idea at all. And like, even still to this day, I'm like, how am I going to do it? And I'm just doing it. I really loved Fantasia because it was so music based and everything had this like rhythm and like, it was always so cool. And like soundtracks to to shows and movies. Like I, I hate movies. I'm like, I do not enjoy it. I love documentaries, but like for me to sit down and watch a movie, like I would rather like pull my own. I I, I, I feel you on that one. It's like when my, my friends call me weird because it's like they, they'll see every movie or any movie that comes out. I think the last movie I went to theaters to see was like Step Brothers. And then I think oh. if it's not Step Brothers, it was That's My Boy. And I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, but that one made me walk out. I'm sorry, Adam. If you're out there listening, I'm like, do better. and here's how much i hate movies the last movie i saw in theater which was like way before the pandy popped off like way 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 before was a fast and the furious one in d-box so like the ones are like moving oh geez (laughs) and i didn't even i didn't even want to go i just had friends that were going and i was like cool this is my excuse to like eat like a cornucopia of popcorn and like jam chocolate bars in my mouth like i have no desire to be here at all but i was always obsessed with the soundtracks it's just been like this innate thing that like it's 
it's just been like kind of like in my blood. Like I've always wanted to do it and I've never been able to shake it. Like it's never been something where like, oh, it's a, like, it's not a phase, mom. <laughs> I, I understand because like when you're talking about the movies and like the soundtracks per se, I growing up, like I went to see the Pokemon movie, but I like the Pokemon soundtrack. I'm a big wrestling fan, so it's like obviously when you see the soundtrack that they do for pay-per-views, you're like, oh, I'm amped up for this. Like, yeah. even though I know like the outcome is planned and all that, I'm like, it's still amped up. So I go back and I don't remember the movie, but I remember the music video. I think it was like Aqua's Turn Back Time, and they yeah. used it in a movie. And I just, I was just like so fascinated. Like, I'm never going to see the movie, but you kind of sold the interest to me to go see the movie based on the soundtrack. Right. And I was like, I was like, uh, okay, you're doing your job as marketing. That's great. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a whole Pokemon CD, I'm sure, somewhere here that has like, it's almost like today when someone announces like a touring date and then the, you have your headliner and then the opening acts. And this Pokemon CD was almost like A plus talent. I don't know whose bank account it was coming out of because it was like, yeah. Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina. I, I'm like, who is paying for all these people to like sing these songs on the CD? It's like, this CD is $10. I don't know how you're doing this. <laughs> I mean, that's a big, it, that's like the Pokemon industry. That's not industry, but like the Pokemon business. What is yeah. the word I'm looking for? It's Brand. like, yeah, but there's another word too. But anyways, it's just like, oh, the empire. That's what I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. empire has a boatload of money. And I'm sure that music supervisor was able to be like, the exposure is going to be insane. Oh, it, it like, was. The soundtracks are always really cool, and I don't even know if movies do soundtracks anymore. I have no idea. No, like, I think there's maybe, like, a few, depending on the give or take of the movie or, like, you know, what music was involved. But I feel like nowadays where you have Spotify and all these platforms, if you just take your phone and put it up to, like, I don't know, the movie you're watching, and it's like, oh, you mean this song? You're like, okay, instantly download it, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, why make a soundtrack? I think, like, a lot of artists were even debating this of, like, when you're coming out with CDs, it's like, man, why do we come out with CDs when people are just going to pick this song that they like and pay for it? I'm like, that's fair. Back in the day, if you wanted to listen to Backstreet Boys, it's like, turn on much music. It's like, ah, can you help me do the dishes? Uh, mother, like, I'm going to miss the video. It won't be on until another five hours. Like, I don't yes. care. It's on the countdown. It's coming next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, they, Rick told me to stay here. Rick Campanelli just told me that it was going to be up in the next five videos. He lied to me, but he got me sitting down to watch this. And now you want me to help you do the dishes. Like, how rude are you? <laughs> Consider it the audacity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, you'd go out and buy the CD. You'd learn more about it. But, yeah, that's pretty much how you came across music. And, like, yeah. I'm sure if you tried that today, there's going to be people like, yeah, I know what their singles are, their hits, and that's all I'm going to buy. But I think the pro to buying CDs is sometimes there's little gems in between it that they're not going to release for a chart, but you end up liking it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, also just like the the way that music was before streaming, like yeah. there was this like really cool factor to like you didn't know what was going to be on the CD, like listening yeah. to a CD top to bottom. Like, obviously we can do that now, but it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at it differently because I grew up with CDs, but like, it's just different now when someone releases a whole thing, it's so easy to just skip a song Oh yeah. or not even listen to it based off the name of the title. Whereas when you bought CDs, you listened to the whole record up and down. Like, yeah. 
I miss those I, days. I, I had a more of appreciation, I think, for like, and it's cool now in hindsight when you hear them talk about a certain CD that they released back in the day and finding out, like, I can't remember which two songs it was, but like the I'm a big Backstreet Boys fan, but it was like one of the things that they mentioned was they were debating of which single they were going to put out on the CD to release it. And it was like, uh, I think one of the songs is Don't Want You Back. Okay. And, then, and then like Nick Carter was explaining. Like It's funny because when like four of the other members go at one guy of like, yeah, it was totally his idea. And then he's like, hold on now, wait a fucking minute. Like, I'm not the only one that came up with this, but like, they're all like, we wanted to do this song and Nick wanted Don't Want You Back and blah, blah. And Nick was like, hold on a second. Like, I was not the only one that requested to do this, but don't throw me under the bus. But I, love when they, I love those things because you're like, oh, God, I'm glad they went the other way because that one obviously did better than this. But yeah. um, buying a CD, I believe like Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles. I mean, obviously everyone uh, knows it, but like when you go buy the CD and I think it's on this CD, there's another one like uh, Ordinary, I think it's like Ordinary Day or White Horse or st- there's ones like, yeah. and I'm like, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have, fucking bothered only before i bought the cd and listened to it i'm like great i think you should have released these songs as well so that people know more that you're not just a thousand miles (laughs) 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 and that's that's not a shot vanessa vanessa ever watches this episode i love it like you go to request Vanessa Carlton for an interview and they're like, yeah, she'd love to do it. And then it's like, actually, she actually seen an interview you did where you dissed her. I'm like, I didn't diss her. I told <laughs> her that I love the CD and that she could release more. And I, and I gave my advice about what she should yeah. be doing next. Yeah. I gave my advice to a person that's well off doing better. <laughs> Listen to the new Finlander in his room that still has Christmas lights up here. Come on. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It takes but, all types. I want to ask you, because when you mentioned, of course, like watching examples like Shania Twain who were some other influences that you had that you idolized I guess in music they were like you know what one day uh I would like to do what they do Shania Celine Dion Leanne Walmack Trisha Yearwood like I was in the OG world and like not just and not just country like the Christina Aguilera's the Britney Spears I grew up with that like the TLC is like that was I looked at them and I was just like, I just, I knew I wanted to do that. Like watching all of the award ceremonies and stuff. And like, I mean, I was obsessed with the Spice Girls when they were a thing, but it always changed. Like I never really, like I always loved, like would continue to love an artist, but I was always looking for something new and something different and something like really fresh. And I mean, I grew up on country and then kind of like evolved over to pop and like left country for a while and then came back to country and then like left it and then came back. And like, it's always been this like ebb and flow, but even like the Ellie Goldings of the world and like the Lords and the Adele's and like, there's so many, I don't know. There's so many like amazing powerhouse women. And like, I've always loved male artists too, obviously, cause who doesn't, but like <laughs> for more reasons than one. But yeah, I would say them, like, I always just looked at it and was like, I just, I just knew I wanted to do it. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I grew up so in the nineties as well, but it's like, I looked at say Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, but like, it's funny to me. Cause my one moment that it's interesting that you're doing in- interviews now with all different types of acts. Cause mm-hmm. I would watch like the much music award shows and stuff. And like, when you see a new artist win an award over like your favorite, your I favorite. remember I was at a friend's house and I can't remember who it was that I wanted to win, but I remember Fallout Boy won. And I wasn't really into Fallout Boy this time. Now I love Fallout Boy now, 
but I was just like, those mother flippers. Like, how dare they take this art, like this award away from this artist that I wanted? But now in hindsight, I'm like, well, if that same artist won every year, even to this day, you would not get new talent. You would not get and I'm just like yeah. I feel like if there was like a cycle where you'd go visit past Brian, I'd be like, they're there, Brian. It's okay. You'll like them in the future. <laughs> it's like You'll you know, get you're complaining years later when Fall Out Boy loses to some other person. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true, hey? Like, you are so dedicated to these folks. But I think it's just because you don't, at that age, you want to listen to the hits, not make the hits, you know? Or, like, be influenced. You want you want what you want because they're just, like, you idolize them on so many other levels. It's weird and interesting. And now we're like, we want new artists. Like, I'm always looking for new artists. I, I have, like, double-edged sword to me where it's, like, when um, when you send out, like, press requests or whatever to certain acts, and then they're like, it's like... Uh, it's like you're looking for like a semi big name or a big name to like he's not doing interviews right now or she's not but how about this act and I'm just like oh this is your like kind of olive branch of like you know maybe if you interview this person down the road you can do that and to me it kind of feels like oh like but if I don't do this interview I feel like I burnt a bridge because I'm never going to get that act on I'm not saying that you will but I I feel like it's a learning curve for me because some of the acts that I've interviewed that came out that way, I'm like, man, this was a much better interview than I expected because right. they appreciate any press or any exposure. And I'm like, yes. good, less pressure for me, but also good for you because now you can say, well, I was on this podcast, blah, 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 that like three people watched. And I'm like, that's three important people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you never know who, like, like if we're talking about numbers, it's like you never know who that person is and if they needed to hear what you were talking about that day. Like yeah. it's, and like, you never know who's going back to watch it. Like there's so many elements to that. And it's funny because I come from PR. So like understanding that like any press is good press and like, you never know, like it could be that one person reads that article every month. But yeah. if that one person is someone influential or knows somebody to tell somebody else, like it's just, you just never know. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it, it's a wild world but to your point yes most of the time i feel like it is like well maybe not them but we'll extend the olive, olive branch for this person it's like probably part of it is like you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours kind of thing yeah and, and it's like it's all kind of relative too because like i look at it from the perspective of like pr too because i i went from to carlton and got a communications degree so that's where i really wanted to go yeah. into PR but like I looked at it from the standpoint of when I was 12 or yeah, I think it was like 11 or 12 I had like a full-on stroke how do you remember things at ages this, your ability in this conversation so far the number of times you've like referenced an age I can barely remember what I did yesterday let alone being like well when I was 12 yeah like I don't even know what I like I don't even I can't even tell you what 12 years old me looks like I'll, I'll write I'll write here no I just pulled this blank piece of paper <laughs> Like I journal everything. Here are the events you have to tell everyone on every every day. You had a stroke. You do this. You know that. And it's like it's like okay, I got it. You're like going down the world. It's like it's like hey Brian, how are you? I had a stroke at this age. And then like all I asked you was how was your day? I I love Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I, just, I just remember it just because they're like crucial. I guess they're things that. You know, when you go to high school, university, obviously you have parties. I was never invited to a party, so my brain cells are still here. Uh, <laughs> so that's how I remember because these are like moments that are like key to me. But yeah, I just so remember. That is 
broke when you were 12? Yeah, yeah. So, like, to different people, it's different things. It's, like, some people will clarify it as a seizure. Some clarify it as a stroke. But uh, I was in the hospital for a few days, and you didn't know the outcome. I didn't know the outcome. I'm a big fan of Detroit Red Wings. They sent me they sent me a boatload of stuff. WWE sent me a boatload of stuff. And I just think it's funny because that's, that's I think, when I'm, my perspective was like, this is PR. PR is basically like the good guy. Now at 29, I'm like, PR is sometimes good and sometimes yeah. they're a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. literally, like, I emailed WWE and Detroit, <laughs> like, years later. And I'm like, man, like, when I was younger, you really helped me through a tough time. Like, that fucker made it. God damn it. <laughs> like, we thought he was going to die. That's why we sent him all that shit. But he made it, and now he wants more. <laughs> God damn it. Now he wants to talk to us. Yeah, now he wants to talk to us about that experience. And then it's like, we can't do that. We don't even know. We, we send out a whole bunch of stuff. Like, do, do we let him know that uh, he wasn't the only kid we sent? Yeah, right? I'm like, no, that's cool. I was just hopeful that you would have a conversation with me, but sure. <laughs> it's funny, too, because in those situations, too, often, like, companies latch on something and hope that it like in like oh like it would be nice like i hope they're okay but it would be nice if we got other press from this like nobody's talking about it but everybody's like low-key kind of hoping that it like turns into this bigger thing like and i think that's like i I get it from the double-edged sword of like from pr like you want all the exposure you can get but like to me there's also like the human nature side of things where i'm just like why don't you just do it for the sense of, you know, you know, the story. Like, yeah, I think some people do. Like, I mean, when I was in my last organization, I did that a lot where I was like, really like, cause I saw parts of folks, like parts of myself and folks. And I was like, you know, if I was back in my old shoes, like I would have loved someone to have like reached out and done something about it and just done it for the good. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are just opportunists. And I mean, yeah. like, what's that line in that? I think it's Diplo and, um, if all the cards in Vegas were aces or if all the cards were aces, there wouldn't be no Vegas. Yeah. Like, that's that's just life. Like we just, it keeps it interesting, but people can be shitty. You like it when they come on a podcast. Do you like when they do things like, uh, actually, if I can reach, hold on, let me see if I can find it here. Cause it's just make a few. Oh, look, see PR police heard us and they're not happy. Well, I got this because I sent out a request to Luke Combs. Now it's on my fridge, but they sent me this. It's like a Luke Combs signed uh, CD sleeve. And when it came in the mail, like the guy made it sound like such a big deal. He's like, Luke Combs is going to send you something. I'm like, Luke Combs is going to send me a shirt. He's going to send me a hat. He's going to send me something. And it was a signed CD sleeve. And I'm sure they told me that it was signed by him, but I feel like that's just like a basic autograph signature. I mean, I still like it. It's not like I'm like, Oh my God, shit on this. Uh, I just felt like, great. But there's a part of me that's like, you couldn't send me the CD along with it. Like, well, at the very least. Just, I was just about to ask, like, did they not just send you the CD? No, like, they made it sound like he's going to send you something super big. And then in the mail, mom was like, this little thing came. Like, she just tossed me an envelope and it was like, maybe this big. She's like, here you go. And I was like, okay. And I looked at it. I was like, uh, did they forget the CD? And she's like, no, that's I think that's it. it. But, and the guy, the guy came back to me and he's like, yeah, a lot of people like to collect the CD sleeves. I'm like, you know what else a lot of people like to collect? The motherfucking CD, bud. <laughs> I find it, it's, that's interesting. I've never heard someone just send the sleeve. No, I, I feel like I should be the person now that goes to every artist and be like, give me your sleeve. And they'll be like, what? And honestly, too. I, you know what, though? Now that I think about this, 
That's such a weird thing. It's like, we don't actually want you to listen to the music. Yeah. It's like, we just want you to read it. Yeah. And, it's like, and it's like, like okay, let, let, me, let me read it. I don't even know if like, let me see. Yeah. It gives me like out there. Uh, memories are made of. So it gives me the CD, like the track list. I'm like, well, that's great. I will know all your track list. And when I go to the concert, I'll be like, Luke, I never heard the song, but I can sing along. I mean, I can read along with it over here. Luke over here. <laughs> Luke, we're not sending you any shade. We're just yeah, laughing yeah. at. No, ab- absolutely. I, I still love like Luke to this day, but I just like, it's, it's more or less on the PR part where I'm just still, like, totally. you know, like, you know, I'm sure if Luke ever heard this episode or if we had Luke on, I'm like, Luke, this is what they sent me. He'd be like, Brian, I will fix that for you. I'm like, the only way you're fixing this, Luke, is a live concert in my room. And then I'm just Honestly, like, <laughs> if you ever interview him or if you ever get close to, you have to tell, you have to tell them. Oh, I will. I will. I, I'll be like, listen, it's I, I'm not like even bad mouthing the PR as much because I think it's a funny story. And obviously, maybe that's what their point is. Maybe like now when they see this episode, they're like, our plan worked. You mentioned well, we talked about Luke Combs for like three minutes. So yeah. I think I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah. They're, happy about it. they're, they're like super thrilled. I want to ask you, like now during, I, I guess, kind of still in COVID, but we're getting there. We're getting to the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It, hopefully in some regards i hope i don't get canceled because people are like actually brian we're not even close i'm like yeah i know i'm very much so anticipating another lockdown in the fall just to be like prepared you know yeah. but how have you dealt with it like because i asked this question to a lot of acts now but it's like you know when it first started people were not like there were some acts after like i don't know what i'm doing i don't want to do instagram live i don't want to do these instagram stories like this is a part now where i can just calm down do what everyone else is doing and just you know not be relevant for a bit of time yeah all their acts were like oh my god how can i keep really keep my fan base entertained especially if you're just starting like you're just starting to gain ground before covid yeah so like what was your uh, i guess two cents on that like did you try to stay active were you kind of in between yeah so covid was i mean i don't want to say it was a blessing but i definitely saw the silver lining and i saw an opportunity so i i was always really big on social and and i was always like wanting to make my social presence be there and be tight and like talk about things that i cared about and i think i leaned in more to like talking about things that i care about now more than just like really nice content but um I did a showcase in March. It was like March 2nd or something. And then the world shut down. So like, I was like, I had had that showcase and then I was like booking shows like crazy. And I was like, sick, like, here we go. And then everything got canceled. And I was like, okay, pivot, I guess. Like, I think we're going to change this. You know, I released the first single in January and it was like, okay, here's the, here's this. So now I've got, I've got some space to like release the next single. So I really just use it as an opportunity to like build up my fan base and like be present on social. And I didn't do really any lives, but I would go on in like, or sorry, I wouldn't do any like live shows, but I would go on Instagram live a bit more. And I would like dabble on my keys and like haphazardly play piano because I'm so bad at it. But I would just try to be me on the camera as much as possible. So I was like a human being and people could relate to me and like kind of put a name to the face. And then I like dove in so deep to co-writing and I spent like a good chunk of my time just co-writing and meeting with people across Canada and the U S that, you know, mostly were just only willing to write in rooms and like I, or people who were just 
everywhere because we all went to Zoom. We had like, that was what we had to do. And I found an app called We Should Write Sometime. And it's like a Tinder style app. And you there's like producers, songwriters, like music folks of all kinds. And you could just connect with them. And then you would just book sessions. And I was like, here we go. This is what I'm going to use. And then that just ended up introducing me to a couple people that then opened up the field for like all these other folks. And I just started writing like wild. Then when it came down to having like starting to release, which seemed sketchy in the middle of COVID, like in January and even releasing last month. But I was just like, I'm going to use this time to like push press to push as much, much content out about this. And like, maybe people are going to just have the space to listen to this stuff versus if you're in like your normal day to day and you just want to listen to the music that you like. It, it was very challenging at times with COVID. Cause like it, I struggled with my mental health. I struggled with like just being segregated from people and like not being able to live my life normally. But at the same time, it was like the biggest blessing because it allowed me to just like, focus on music and like focus on my stuff as a new artist and like put myself out there versus just like pushing to do shows and like doing it that way. Like I feel like I have a better base and I have so many new songs to come out with and, and so much new stuff to just test out. So I'm kind of like, I got lucky. It's interesting that you mentioned, of course, about like the writing rooms, because like a few acts now that I follow on like Instagram and stuff, you'll see them in their Instagram stories. Like the one that comes to mind of recently is like Jess and Tay. And then they, yeah. they yeah, are, like, you know, it, yeah, like in our in a writing room or writing yeah. session tonight, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm a big fan of not and I've said it to them many times. So it's not like, again, being bluntly honest with them. I'm like, there are times I'll watch their like Wine Wednesdays and like they get it. Most people do. If you're on like Instagram live for 20 or 30 minutes, people like bounce in and out all the time. Yeah. And like some of the stuff that they mentioned in their why Wednesdays, I'm like, Oh, that's really interesting. Like I like, especially when they talk about mental health, like the same way that you just brought it up too. It's like, yeah. I like when people bring it up because you're not kind of like, Oh yeah. I, all the time during COVID I was fine. It's like, yeah, no. Or, or like all the time during COVID I was panicky. It's like, no, obviously not. Like there's a middle ground there, but yeah. I, I like that they, get people to ask some questions now whether that's five people 25 people whatever like they still do it so yeah, i mean i'm yeah. i've struggled with mental health my whole life like and it, like when i grew up mental health wasn't a thing yet like it wasn't yeah. as, like openly spoken about and like mental health runs in my family like i and i didn't recognize what it was until significantly older i went through like a really bad point in like november december it was like really bad. And I went on, I went on meds just to like level me out. And like, I'm so grateful I did because had I not done that, I was just so low. Yeah. It was just like, I was just so unhappy and I wasn't, I wasn't inspired and I wasn't motivated. And I know that like, and I've always been very big for like big advocate for, for therapy and, and to other types of treatment, like acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine or other things to help you like be your best self. And I can't, I was very afraid to do any sort of medication to like bring myself up because there's so many negative connotations around it. And like, people think it's such a bad thing. And I'm like, no, it's not like we all need things to like stay level and our bodies do weird things. Like, and you need to talk about your feelings. And I have so many friends that like tried to play it cool through the pandy and we're like, yeah, it's fine. Like I've been fine. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And then a lot of those people broke down like three months ago or like as we were coming out. And I'm like, you can't hold this shit in. Like we have to talk about it. And 
I just like, I feel like the more, the more of us who have platforms like this, regardless of how big or how small, I think we all need to be better at just being like, yeah, I'm messed up too sometimes. And guess what? It sucks. But if you talk about it and find your outlets like journaling or meditation or working out or whatever it is for you, like, or just rage. Like I said earlier, before the interview starts, like your niece comes in the room. Hi, Brian. How are you? Doing? <laughs> like, did you just throw your niece? I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm so mad. And they're just they're like, like, excuse me, maybe, go, maybe fix that. And I'm just like, are you okay? Molly? She's like, I am glued to the ceiling. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to talk about it. Like, I think it's yeah. part of our, like, this is very glorified, but like our civil duty to like, oh, you know, yeah. talk about it and, and make people who are younger than us or who are not familiar with the signs or not uh, like not recognizing that what they're feeling a is normal and B is also not normal. Like you don't have to be sad all the time. Like yeah. you don't have to feel like you're not worthy. Like it is so hard to get through. And I mean, the pandemic definitely, Oh God, it was a roller coaster. Like there were times where I was like, this is sick. I am killing it. And then there was other times where I was like, I am feeling so many emotions and I'm going through so many like backlogged things that I just haven't processed yet because all you had was time. Oh boy. Obviously when of course you're talking about mental health and more people being open about it, like my two kind of stories on mental health. And I feel like it's safe to say, because I've had other guests on that talk about mental health. I've kind of opened up about it on certain aspects too, but uh, there was like two jokes that came to mind and like, it's personal. So people can be like, don't do that or whatever. I'm like, it's just how I dealt with it. But one time when I was looking for work in Ottawa, like try to find media jobs and like, you're getting like 50 to a hundred no's like, no, like, and and you're just like, I'm doing what you wanted me to do. Like I'm doing what society wanted me to do. I've got my degree. I've got like all this background and nothing. And I was on like, uh, I think it's like Ontario disability or whatever. So they, they give you, and I, and I always felt bad about it. And like, people like, don't feel bad. And I'm like, no, listen to me, it's like a disability is like someone in a wheelchair and they can't find work. I'm capable of finding work. It's just that it's not happening. So I felt bad for taking a pay for taking a check. And there was one night that my brother was downstairs with his partner eating pizza. And I looked at my bank account and I could afford a pizza, but in my mind, I was just like, man, 20 bucks out of my bank account and I'm still going to have like $300 left. I'm like, I, I can't, man. It's not, it's, it was like one of those nights where it's like everything going wrong. And I made the joke to it to my friend. I'm like, it got so bad. I couldn't even order a pizza. And he's like, are you okay though? I'm like, yeah, I had to explain it to him. But like, it was just one of those points where you're like, man, this is like low, low. Like I could be in media cause I've done it. And it's not happening. And I was just like, I laugh at it now. Cause I'm like, man, you could afford a pizza. Maybe you don't get the pineapples on the pizza, but what a big yeah. deal. Big deal. No cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, I can't, it's like, guys, I ordered a pizza last night. Oh, was it good? I couldn't, I couldn't get the extra cheese. cheese. And, and like, really, really, Brian, there's people out there starving. I'm like, yeah, I was starving too. I couldn't get the extra yeah. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one that came to mind to me is like, when you're talking about, of course, going on like, say, medication. And I look at those commercials and I make fun of it all the time because it's like, do you have depression? Take this pill. And it's like, side effects include more depression, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. So basically you're either saying you're going to get cured or you're just going to die. So it's a win-win depending on how you look at it. And then people are like, that's kind of dark. I'm like, well, to that person, we don't know. 
<laughs> totally. You know what it is though? It is kind of, I mean, it's scary D- taking something that you don't know. And then you see those crazy commercials or like yeah. people talk, like people will say stuff and they'll be like, Oh, it made me so suicidal when I started taking it. It's like, well, Stop. There's also like a hormonal imbalance happening and things need to shift and level out and change. And like, that's so scary, but you also perpetuating that storyline and like continuing that narrative of it being like a bad thing is not helping. Like folks need, need to know that it's okay. And it's, and I, that's why I hate those commercials because people like people see that and they're like, well, I don't want to feel worse than I feel now. It's like, well, yeah. you're not realistically, like if you have other tools in place, like you're going to be fine. And like, yeah. did I feel a little garbagey the first little bit? Yeah. But guess what? I'm like a million times better than I was then. So it's like, you just have to do these things sometimes. And I just wish it was more normalized. Yeah. I feel like there's certain aspects in society that like we're, we're getting there with certain, like with certain topics and certain criteria and stuff but we had like michael landsberg on who's a big advocate with sick not weak and Mm -hmm. i love it because it's like he's the guy on off the record that was always kind of like people didn't like that he was like really drilling people with questions and i was just being like super not super sensitive but like you know just towing the line don't go over across the line and i asked him at one point i'm like during your depression or like mental health did you ever think suicide was going to be like your only option. I was like, man, yeah. he's gonna shut off this phone. He's going to hang up or get mad. And he's like, why, why are you so sensitive about that topic? I'm like, I, and then because you're still new to podcasting and I was like nervous with interviews. I'm like, I guess I'm just an ass. He's like, no, you're not an ass. He's just like, you're just sensitive. And I was just like, I look back at it now and I'm like, well, it's true. You have to ask tough questions at times, but you don't know how people are going to take it. Like there's some people like, how dare you think that I was going to ever commit suicide for depression? I'm like, well, statistically it is there yeah and i think it's like it's it's again it's still we're still not to a place where we can be like oh you've had depression have you ever thought about suicide like we're not at a place where we can openly have that like we can barely talk about mental health normally without people getting their pants in a knot like I have friends who I'm like, you guys, you got to go see somebody because this isn't like you're unhappy. Like this isn't normal. But if you were to be like, have you had suicidal tendencies or suicidal thoughts? They, it would probably blow them out of the water because they're like, yeah. I don't want to talk about this. And like, we're just we're not there yet. You're right. But I feel like it's getting there in the terms of like at least people like on podcasts and platforms and stuff. It's not like if you mentioned earlier, yeah, I had mental health issues. I was like, oh, OK, well, uh, 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 do you like Keith Urban? It's like, right. it's like exactly. wait, why did you dodge that question completely? Yeah, we have come so far in that regard. Like, you're totally right. Like, yeah. it's but like, and I mean, most people who say like I've had mental health issues, they're probably open to talking about it. It's still sensitive, and I hope it, we can it, get it, to a place where it's less. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's tough. It's super tough. Like, I, I'm very proud of how far things have come, and like, I'm proud to talk about it and. I think it's important to talk about it because it's like you don't have to deal with it all the time. And not everybody has that like constant level of depression. Like people just go through it and experience parts of it or, you know, have to deal with it for a certain period of time because they're going through a lot in life. And like you don't have to be necessarily like diagnosed to be dealing with it. Like so I think it's just yeah, I don't know. It's so important that we talk about it. And I I love that like Jess and Tay talk about it and there's so many artists now who are talking about it. And I think it's important for us to 
to keep normalizing it. It's part of our job, I think. Yeah, I like it's it's great when like more acts obviously come out with it because you don't know like kind of going off what you said earlier when like you're watching uh, say music videos or musicians and they they're open about stuff like you don't know how many kids out there even with this podcast that listen to this and go like oh okay like geez they're talking about like for the longest time. You know, I obviously idolize Conan, but like, you know, Conan to me, I don't think he has any kind of disability or anything or like, obviously there's obstacles they probably overcame Mm -hmm. and you're looking at and you're feeling kind of sorry for him, like in in the regard of losing the Tonight Show and then getting this show, like obviously you're team Conan, but there are artists out there like Ed Sheeran that I didn't know how to stutter when he was younger and to see where he's coming now, you're like, there's kids out there with stutters that are like, "I, I probably can't do that. I'm like, no, listen. Ed Sheeran listened to Eminem like all day and he's yeah. Ed Sheeran now. So don't say yeah. that you can't do anything. John fucking Mayer was in an airport and Conan came by one day and told him when he was just a nobody and said, you're going to make it one day. And then it's John Mayer. So like yeah. mind blown. I think, and this is funny because even the way we started this conversation, like I say that like my story isn't unique as to how I got here or how I got into music. But I think there's a lot of there's a lot of those situations in our personal stories where we think it's like irrelevant. But yeah. sometimes those those tiny details of things that we think are like unimportant are actually end up being things for somebody else. And it's like, oh, I'm kind of like that too. And like, or like, Oh, I can do that because of that. Or, Oh, I can overcome this because they did too. Like it just, it's, it's funny that like we can, we can have those moments, but also just like how important it is to to truly share your true story, like your honest, real story and being your most authentic self in doing that. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I I feel bad for like, just say like, not that, there are that many, but I feel bad for like acts that feel like they can't share their whole story in fear. Oh my gosh. I I, think a lot about all of the like football players, NHL players, musicians who are just coming out and announcing that they're gay. And I'm like, as if you had to hide that for so long, because if you said something, it could potentially jeopardize what you're doing. Like, That is wild to me. And I can't even imagine how incredible it must feel to be able to finally, like, after all these years. Well, I think it was, I'm not 100% sure, because obviously it's pretty recent, but I think it was like, it's either a Nashville player or a Philadelphia player. And maybe I'm wrong on that team, but that came out that said, um, in hockey, that's like the first openly gay player. And like, I believe Brian's Burke's son that passed away was i think he was openly gay as well to me it's like that gotta be like you said kind of weird like growing all up through hockey and uh, the hockey culture is a a, a totally different subject in itself but it's like you know when you go to games you have people in the locker room that call you the like the f word the blah 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 and you're just like staying there the whole time like i i don't think this is a good time to announce my (laughs) announcement right now (laughs) so uh, and i don't think it's going to be accepted and now it's like you see it where and I don't mean to make it sound like it's not a big deal, but like, I guess in a way it's like a double-edged sword or a catch 22 where I'm sure there's players that are like, great. Like, I'm glad that you came out, but I'm going to still treat you like you're just one of the guys. And it's like, great. Cause that's what I want you to do. I don't want so you to crazy. treat me differently. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so crazy to me. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a straight white woman who like hasn't really experienced a lot of hardship in life outside of like heartbreak divorce and like dudes gaslighting me but like you know I 
I can't imagine what it feels like to have to hide parts of yourself. Cause I've always been, what you see is what you get. I swear like a sailor, I have an opinion. I'm often one of the loudest voices in the room. Like I've always been that way. And like, I can't imagine, like I've worked for organizations with like, you know, you should have a bit more tact <laughs> than you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. But like, I can't imagine having to hide such a significant part of yourself. Like that is, it's, that just feels illegal to me. Like yeah. I can't even, and it, yeah, it makes you realize how lucky, how lucky we are to be living in a world where like, things are seemingly starting to change like yeah. and how lucky i've been to have you know the privilege of being fully myself and and it be relatively accepted and i can ah, it just breaks my heart to know people have to hide parts of themselves in yeah, like, of, like losing opportunities the, the example that came to mind i i mean it might be a little bit branched off differently but the one that i come to mind with like artists per se and like not that they're like gay or all this stuff but like as soon as i was saying it uh like trying to be your true self like i look at the example of uh kelsey kulik who mm. overcame you know cancer and like mm. imagine if she just was embarrassed by that or didn't want to speak of it and like i feel like there's and i'm not speaking for kelsey but i found like there's certain points where she's like okay that's the past like let's focus on the future i'm like that's fine but there are people out there that are like man like she went through cancer there was dark days for her and now you know, she's, she's married. She's on the way to have a kid, both of them in country music, like yeah. you know, great couple and like great individual. But like there are people out there that like that story or might feel inspired by that story. And like the, the odd thing on that interview when we had Kelsey on, I was like, during this dark time, like what music were you listening to? Because I was thinking it would be like Leanne Womack, like, you know, yeah. um, dance or whatever. And she was like, no, it was Metro Station. Shake it. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> interesting, interesting, Kelsey. Like, you're you're a country artist. You think that you'd be listening to, like upbeat country or like if if you're in that depression. Even though I love Neil Towns, it's like when I meet my maker. Obviously, if I was going through that period, I'm like, oh man, it's going. No, she's out there listening to Metro Station. Shake it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, good I mean, for you. <laughs> I mean, when I'm in like the darkest points, I'm listening to the 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 stuff that makes me feel harder. Like yeah. the stuff that buries me further in the hole. Cause I oh, just, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I love the chaos and I think I'm like mildly addicted to the hurt. Yeah. So I go, I go deeper. I like, I, 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 I like my, my go-tos in terms of like when you're in a deep mood or like on a day, like a rainy day and you feel bad, it's like Oasis Wonderwall. It's plus 44. Uh, when your heart stops beating, like boxcar racer, there is yeah, it just goes to, like the deepest of deep. And then when it's like a sunny day out, I'm just still like, yeah, let's listen to some land, like steal my sunshine. Let's listen to this. <laughs> it's like the mood of the day. It's like, Brian, it's, it's going to be very cloudy today. What are you going to listen to? Uh, One Direction clouds, obviously. Come on. That's stupid. <laughs> only, only songs that the title references the current weather today. <laughs> yeah. Brian, it's a rainy day. Yeah. What are you going to listen to? Uh, Hillary Duff's so clean or like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like going through a breakup and it's like, are you finally over that person? Yeah. They're so yesterday hit the Hillary Duff. So yesterday I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I can't <laughs> yeah just, just so put on just put on the music that you feel the mood and then like if people start to pick up on that you go to soccer one day and it's like flow riders put on it's like <laughs> i think i think brian's really feeling himself today or brian did something incredibly not great 
So like he's treating women not superior. I'm like, actually, <laughs> Flow Rider song is all about like this is how we roll or like yeah. roll roll it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. There are like obviously it depends on your mood, but I, I feel like it's funny to me because depending on like yourself as a person and the type of music you listen to, like I'll turn on Lil Wayne and then there's sometimes Lil Wayne or Eminem songs where it's not referring to a woman in the, the, the best light. And then you're like surrounded by women. You're like, I've known this song since I was eight. Leave me alone. Of course I know the words. And then they're like, but you just sang along with that part. I'm like, okay, easy. I wasn't calling you Diane, the B word. <laughs> Lil Wayne was calling well, you the B word. <laughs> well, and like, I'm so, I grew up on like a lot of like 2000s, hip-hop and like it's super hard now being in the world that we're in and like how so much of it like objectifies women and like says awful things about like the lgbtq community like there's so many things about that music where i'm like i should like really not listen to this anymore like i feel like i feel guilty like i will not listen to r kelly like i have removed him from everything and i think at like at this point i'm like i'm starting to feel like do i like, should I be, like, not listening to this music because it objectifies women so bad? Like, it's it's such a weird place to be in as, like... It's it's one of those... So my example for all cases is Chris Brown. When I grew up, I loved Chris Brown. Loved yeah. running. Loved, like, how he... Da- like, loved the dancing. Loved um, everything. But, like, now there's obviously the Chris Brown side. It's like, you know... But in my defense, I'm like, listen, I like the music. Obviously, yeah. we can talk about the person differently. But the right. music... Same thing with Michael Jackson. Love the music. We can talk about the person differently, but like, yes, some people like they can't separate it. I can separate it, but like, that's not me saying, oh yeah, I totally support R. Kelly because I'm listening to Ignition. Like, no, yeah, it's more totally. like, I love the beat, love this sound, but now the person, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's like, let's yeah. dissect, but totally. But there are people that are like, no, not listening. Like my favorite example that was recent. Now I could, I can't remember the guy's name, which is, I guess, good on his end, but I think it's like Morgan Wallin. And then that oh, came out yeah. like his, his whole music video. And I was like, Oh man, you're done. You're done. But at the same point, I'm like, or it's a learning curve. Let's learn from this. Still appreciate the music, but let's give him a second chance here to fix this. But right. that's how you gotta kind of look at everything. Cause if you're just going to cancel everyone all the time, like, the example that people give you is like, don't meet your heroes or don't talk to your heroes. And there's a point in that where I like, but in my field, I would have maybe no one on my playlist for every no that come back and like, actually, um, Eminem's not doing your podcast. I'm like, delete all Eminem songs. It's like, actually, Ed Sheeran can't come out. I'm like, delete. And then you go to your playlist and someone's like, Brian, you have no one. It's like, because I asked them for interviews and no one wanted to come on. So I took them out. Yeah. I erase them. <laughs> they're canceled. <laughs> yeah, they're canceled on my on my playlist. But then you don't have anything. So there's got to be the side of you that's like, all right, I get it. It's not great, but yeah. I still like your music. Because down the road, he could become available or that person could become available. Right. You're like, I was always a fan. I just didn't like getting the no. No one does. I would hate to see people like, you didn't get the job interview. Yes! Didn't get the job! Woo! Love this. Love yeah. this for me. Yeah, yeah. Another no. 20 no's in the backs. Yeah, it's an interesting, I mean, with everything that's going on right now in the world and so many artists not being, like, I want to say outed because everybody yeah. kind of has their own journey and things. But, like, we're just in an interesting time where we need to be so aware. And even sometimes, like, doing podcasts like this, right? Like, you probably feel it. It's like, 
ooh, did I just say, like, am I saying something that's a little controversial to the point where, like, I might get canceled? Like, Oh, all the time. I've been canceled three times, but no one's stopping me. No, I'm like, Yeah, but, like, you're constantly worried about, like, your perspective. Is my perspective, like, is it coming from a place, like, an educated place? Like, and, and that was, I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine recently, and we were talking about, all of the current happenings in the world between from everything from climate change and sustainability to, you know, what's currently going on with our horrific business with residential schools right now. Like there's so much happening. And we were talking about like, how do we be the best advocates and allies and like take responsibility for things and like also communicate and not just be silent people who just repost stuff on Instagram and like that's where we kind of live in (laughs) yeah and like educating yourself is obviously like one of the best things and like ask questions and learn and and try to be present in that but like it's so hard to not like to have an opinion but at the same time like when you don't feel educated enough on something to like really provide a solid, not argument, but a, like a piece of com- piece of the conversation. It's like, yeah, like an opinion or something that you can back it up with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think a lot of us are in this circumstance, in the same situation, be it as media or artists or someone in the public eye. Yeah. And like, it's an interesting conversation because it's like, what is the right thing to do? And there's a million and one right things to do. And I'm in, I've been like just trying to educate myself and, and whatnot, but it's, it's hard to also then like watch these artists go through this. And then you have to, as a listener, you like feel guilty for, for participating, even just listening. It's, it's wild. We're in such wild times. And I, and to your point earlier though, it's like, I hope that this is like, and it made an example and we can change and we can grow and we can develop. And I mean, it's country music hasn't always been the most, most inclusive scene. And, you know, there's lots of situations, not just the Morgan one that have like backed that up. So like, let's just try to advocate for change and like be better. It's funny how hard it can be to be better. It's, I think it's important. Like conversation is good. And I think it brings out a lot of different perspectives and angles and, and, and topics that we, we don't typically talk. Yeah. About. Like obviously like I, if you had a straightforward interview, you probably don't get into the mental health side. You probably don't no. get into like, and, and I feel like that's cool. But like to some people, like again, the double-edged sword of stuff is people will listen to a podcast and be like, wait, so we had Parker Gray on. He hardly talked about our music side. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you came here for the music side, okay. But if you came here to find out more that you're not going to get in an ordinary interview, totally. Great, this is what you want. And I think that's kind of what podcasting should be. Yeah. But to each their own. Now, before you leave, boom, 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 boom. I got it in. I got it in. Bang. Pun to the song. I, w- I wanted to play a quick game with you of okay. um, uh, firsts. Oh, God. Okay. Do you remember like your first breakup? And how that impacted you? Yeah, um, it was to this guy. He lived outside of my hometown. I never have dated anyone in my town. I've always dated boys that live out of my town. And I think it's because I'm too afraid to like have to cross paths with them. Um, you're, afraid, you're afraid that you will relate to the F-150 song by Robin Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is I'm from a small town. So like when she wrote that song, 
I heard it and I was like, oh, God damn it. I wish I wrote this because it's so <laughs> every, I grew up in a small town and every guy I dated had you, some. You were the person that left that comment on Robin Allen's video. We solved it, Robin. We solved it. Yeah, no, yeah we got it. <laughs> um, it was funny because I was so young and I was like, this is the guy I'm going to get married to. It was the first guy I ever like loved. And I remember it being like, I remember just being so hurt and so upset and not knowing what I was going to do. And I was never going to find love again. And he drove into town one night to give me back my keychain. And I remember us meeting at this park and like exchanging things. And I was so sad because he wouldn't like hug me. And (laughs) it was, but it was, I think it was one of those things where like, I'd never experienced it before. Like I didn't know what it felt like. And it really, I feel like, it really hurt me, but I don't really remember. Like when we were talking about this earlier, it's like, I don't really remember, but I, I think about him often and the fact that like, you know, some things just aren't what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, it's fair. Like I, I, I always have like the joke side of it is like, I always have a first breakup where it's like you yeah. go to a new city or like going to a university and you're like, Oh man, like I, I haven't seen a person like this before. Or like, I haven't, my neighbor looks like, I've never lived next to girl neighbors and now we do like blah, blah, blah. And then like, you're like, this is going great. And then something blows up and it doesn't go that great. And like in that moment, you're like, this is the worst thing ever. But then years later, you're probably like, eh, it kind of sucked, but uh, like, I kind of saw it coming. Like, yeah. Like, it, yeah. Like there's definitely warning signs to everything that happened. And yeah. I just like every, it's like one of those things where it's like, but I, I think I can do differently this time. It's like, and he didn't do differently. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you want a moderator where it's like it's like brian this time maybe don't engage with the girl right away give it a lead up and then it's like yeah yeah totally and then it's like gray screen he didn't listen to his friend's advice and he went over there right away and introduced himself and she got freaked out (laughs) yeah and it's like this time it will be different three it's like three years later yeah it's like still the same thing it was not different Yeah, yeah yeah do you remember your like your first concert you went to you know what's funny is I didn't go to shows growing up. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't. And um, I don't know why. I remember really wanting to go to the Spice Girls concert when I was a kid, but my dad didn't want to drive me to Toronto. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I didn't really start seeing show like shows. Fuck, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, it was way later in life. That's fair. I mean, I, I've, I'm not a big show goer. Like I know when acts come to town in Newfoundland, like you're like, this is their one time that they're coming because it's Newfoundland. Yeah. But like, yeah. even when I, even if I see them in Toronto, I know they do better in Toronto than Newfoundland just because the audience, right. but like coming from a media background, I'm like, I don't want to go to the show if I can't do the interview and people are like, that's kind of fucked up. I'm like, if you're telling me I get to see Tim McGraw, but don't get to speak to Tim McGraw, I don't want that. And people are like, wow, wow. That's kind of bold of you. I'm like, well, look at my background. I'm like, like, yeah, it's like, it would just suck if I know I'm right there with rascal flats or, and you can't talk to them. Like, no, that's like going to your friend's house and being like, and then just staying outside and be like, I can't talk to you. You know, actually, you know, do you want to know what my first show was actually? And this is not even music was my parents, for whatever reason, took me to Toronto and let me see the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, okay. That was my first. (laughs) My parents do not like musical theater at all. Like they're not Broadway folks. So I don't even know how that happened. 
I convinced them to buy me the um, the Phantom of the Opera like music book, like sheet music. P.S. <laughs> couldn't play piano as a child. Like they had me in lessons, but like it was glorified babysitting. Yeah. So weird. There's a fun fact. For you. <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to like learn music when I was younger, but it was just never. I don't know. It was just never implemented that I was either good at it or. I like talking more than playing. So I feel like if yeah. someone came to see my show, I just do like the one strum of the coin, be like, Broom. and this is a story about how this all happened. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it's all words. I'm like, in my defense, Luke Combs didn't yeah. send me a CD. He sent me word print. So what did you expect from me? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it'd be like, okay, Brian, I understand. It's like, opening act tonight is sam hunt they're like oh i like how he talks in these songs and he does music and it's like taylor swift is next like how she talks and does music closer is brian it's like i think he played one chord (laughs) and if i just memorize all the lines he said to his song i'm good yeah you see covers of my music being out and it's like boom and then they just recite my whole like speech (laughs) and it's like who did it better that guy or brian it's like well he sounded way better so Brian's song sucked compared to this guy. I'm like, I need to learn more chords. <laughs> oh my God. I need to learn more chords ASAP. Like if I had a lot of money or if I had enough money, I'd like to like, cause I know in the nineties they had it or my brother did where they had like a thing on your wall or you could just put CDs, like a whole bunch of CDs. Yeah. So and like, I would love to go back and like, I don't know why, because I can just download it and all, but I, I think there's like material value and stuff where I'd like to have one in my room and just buy all like different CDs like grew up in the nineties just to have it just like, cause I feel like my background for podcasting right now is pretty bland in terms of my room. So I don't know where I'd essentially put it, but I just like to have it in the background where I could just point to it and be like, see how much I love music. Like, look at this, like, look at all this stuff. And then like, have you listened to all these CDs? I'm like, when I was younger, have you taken them out recently? I'm like, they're just CD sleeves. Yeah. (laughs) They're just CD sleeves that all these artists sent to me because I, I was like, listen, Luke Holmes started off. Let's continue this train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do? You should make a Tobin tonight CD sleeve. And oh, yeah. You should start sending it to people. You know, that's a good idea. Maybe I will do that. I, I'll have to figure out what I'd have to do. And you know what I do on the inside? I just have like, so like he has all his like art or like songs. I would put in like guests that I've had and like, you know, what we talked about. And then like if I send it to you or someone, I'd be like, I was already on that interview. Why do I care anymore? <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Parker Gray for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sane. Thank you for listening, and good night. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.